You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast. Follow on YouTube and Instagram, support through buymeacoffee.com, and subscribe to the only podcast that unpacks the good and sometimes bad theology and the songs that we sing. Welcome again to the Theology Music Podcast. My name is Joel. Today I am joined by Zach Bolin. Please tell me that's how you say your name. That is it. That is it. Is that what is that? Is that is that German? No, I just said that is it. But maybe I just my mustache is making me seem <laughs> European. Look, as someone who myself has been through a lot of looks, I appreciate that you are you're so transient in in your 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 looks. First, it was the beard and the the bald head. Uh, mm-hmm. What did you have before the beard and bald head? I, I had a beard for a long time. And then okay. I've kind of just gone gone all over the place, you know? I uh, Sometimes my kids will pull up old photos of me in high school. And I had sideburns then. So um, that was unfortunate. Well, but I made it. You, it was cool. Or was it? I, that's what I. That's what I thought it was too. I thought the same thing. I had. Uh, if people who have listened to the podcast know, I've been. I was going to counseling for a year, and my counselor had these amazing sideburns. But I think they're disgusting. But like, I didn't have the heart to say something about it. And then later, he just casually dropped that he does Elvis impersonations on the side just for there extra we go. cash. And he, that's how he raised money to to get the money for his wedding ring for his uh, wife. And I was like, wait, what? And you're my counselor. Okay. <laughs> you're yeah. like, right. you know what? Everyone needs a hobby, so it's totally fine. Elvis? <laughs> Look, man, you got a mustache. I don't like, not that you can't talk with a mustache, but like, I mean, Groucho Marx could be your person that you could do. He could be. He could be, man. I could make some money on that. We all need a therapist that is someone with like something quirky about them, you know? That's true. They're an impersonator. They. I don't know. They drive. They in their spare time deliver pizzas for Pizza Hut. There you know. go. They, it, because quirky people are easier to trust because you know that they're not trying to hide something. They're just yeah. They are. They you're right. They're a little more honest. I like they're like that. oh yeah. You know they they don't yeah exactly. Well Zach, <laughs> great great start to the <laughs> to the conversation. Yep. So Zach is uh, still the lead singer of Citizens. Used to be Citizens and Saints. Uh, it started in 2011. Zach, uh, at one point, was the worship director and also worship pastor at one point, too, right? Mm-hmm. At Mars Hill in Seattle. Obviously, yep. you've heard me talk about Mars Hill in the sense of the podcast, the Fight, Rise, and Fall. So you know that Mars Hill eventually disbanded uh, through a bad breakup. And so from there, though, Zach still continued to do Citizens. And so even though he was from the Northeast and went down South and then moved over to Seattle, and he now resides in Nashville, like we said, where all musicians go. The good mu- musicians, though. not Because if that was the case, then I should be over there. Not, And that's why I'm here, because I'm not a good musician. And Dude, Zach you know, is an incredible musician. I don't know about that, but... Hey, I, I have yet to you meet are. a bad one. You, the great thing is I remember watching some of your tutorial videos for some of your songs on like mm-hmm. YouTube, and you were just so kind and so so casual and how good you were. We're saying, like, yeah, you can kind of like hammer well, on on the on the you can kind of do a look, look, walk up here if you'd like. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You're too kind. I'm a total hack. I really am. 
So, but aren't aren't we all though? Isn't that the reality? I guess. I, I guess. Sure. So, so Zach, one of the things, uh, obviously, thank you for being on this podcast. Of course. Uh, one of the things that we've talked about in the past of this podcast, obviously, is just kind of getting rid of the noise not focusing on the things that don't matter, right? And focusing on tier one issues and then just, you know, taking personal responsibility for holiness in our life, right? And so yep. listening to songs. I mean, some of your songs have just been incredible, right? I, I listen to, um, I think it is The Joy of Being is the one that I listen to almost every day to kind of like prep my heart and mind for my devotional time. Mm-hmm. The one that starts uh, on the piano, really light with mm-hmm. like the, the kind of buzzing in the background. Love that one. Anyway. Heaven is in our sights. Yeah. Heaven's in our sights. Yes. Heaven is in our sights. Yep. yep. Da, 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 da. Yes, that one. Um, <laughs> and so, um, so many of your songs that you guys have written and released have this, have that very similar theme. I, I think that would be something that I would say would be carried throughout all of your music is there's a very, there's very much a, a through line from what is the message to what does it mean? What does it say about you or me? And what I what do I need to do with that? Uh, so, I mean, there was a month where I went through like four of your songs just because I wanted to do it because I love Citizen Songs. So the question, though, is <laughs> now here you are post-pandemic, basically, mm-hmm. post-Mars Hill, post this, like you're, you're older, you have kids, uh, yep. you've moved a few times. Mm-hmm. And in the sense that I get from your social media stuff is you're kind of very similar. You're like, you're almost now embodying more your, of your songs of that theme of like just get I'm, I want to cut the crap but what like what is what is big and important to you right now after everything that you've been through what's the main thing well I mean I think that it's I think it really comes down to honestly just I've spent the past the better part of the past couple of years like reading through the gospels and I just, I think one day I, I got to a place where I was like, there's just so much we don't know. And we fill in a lot of gaps and that's, I would say the gaps, filling in gaps is part of using our imagination. (laughs) But there's also this like distaste for me. That's like, people have filled a lot of gaps and with their imagination and they say this is the only way for those gaps to be filled and you know i for i guess for me the the big thing that i i think about a lot is like as a dad um i want if my kids could spend the first 40 years of their life only learning about jesus i'm not it's not to take away from the rest of scripture. It's just simply that if Jesus is our highest teacher and authority and king, and the one that ultimately when we share the gospel with someone is the center point of that, of that good news, that's where I'd want my kids to live. And that's where I've been trying to live too. And that's honestly a lot of the music I've been writing and thinking about and you know, probably like when Marcel ended, I was pretty salty. Not just because Marcel ended, but I was salty because I don't know, man. I just I kind of felt all these years later. I think I understand it a little bit more, and I think it's that there were a lot of things that I just said because that was the right thing to say, 
and in an in a in an environment like that, like that's hyper focused on like intellect, you can regurgitate and say a lot of things. And there's even a, a lyric on our first on that re- on our third record, Amir Dimly. It's a song called Madness, and originally it was called Borrowed Belief. And the whole, I mean, I've probably never written more lyrics to a song than that song, but, um, and I, I, there's some pages and pages I never used, but the whole original idea was like that it's, if we're just borrowing the beliefs of other people, then that's not really faith. And, um, and I just kind of decided that I don't, I'm not satisfied with that for myself. And I really want people to. At the time, I had a neighbor who was really fascinated in the Mars Hill stuff, and he he was now an atheist. He never was a part of Mars Hill. He'd been out of the church for a long time, years, 20 years or something. But I just always, we, he and I, every now and then, would sit around and talk or come over to, you know, we'd find ourselves in our backyard or by a fire pit or something like that and get a little bit more of his story. And just sitting there, I'm like, I just want to use the same language that I'm using with my neighbor right now, I want to use that same language in our music. Like I want to be able to talk about faith and about scripture and about all the different things that come with believing in a God that in an invisible God. Um, I want to use the, I want to use conversational language. And that's kind of been like my mission ever since, honestly, is like, how do I say these things? And any anyone that's ever written, like Brian and I have written a lot together. He's in the band, he plays keys, but then there's a lot of other people that have written too. Just how do, how do we convey, how do we make our music as conversational as possible? And for me, that really comes down to, I remember, huh, I remember I've not really told, I don't know that I've ever really shared this story publicly, but it's, it's not a bad story. It's just what it is. But I remember when I was interviewing for Mars Hill, um, I did not, I was not like a Mark Driscoll follower. That's not what led us to Mars Hill. <clears throat> if anything, coincidentally enough, that year was the first year that in the year that I interviewed was the first year that I was introduced to him by a friend. Um, well, I guess in, uh, introduced. I'd never. I, I did have a friend that was in Seattle, but I, I never paid attention. Yeah, to well, because you had you had a couple. You had a friend, a couple friend that moved there, and you guys were gonna. You said to each other, you're gonna move there together. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's Cam Huxford, who is in the band Ghost Ship. Did my research, Ghost. That's right. Need to get him on here too, by the way. Yeah, you should. He's great, and. Um, but then I had a friend who was like, hey, there's this book called Doctrine. You should read it. And I started reading it. And I was like, man, this guy just rubs me the wrong way. Like, he just seems so, like, I don't even believe he wrote this. You know what I mean? It was just because, you know, he did it with another guy, Jerry Bashirs and all this lo, stuff. So, lo and behold, <laughs> Ghost Rider. <laughs> Your intuition I, was right, my friend. Dude, well, I just remember, like, pushing back a good bit. Like, I just don't know what I think. But then... um, I don't know. I started listening to some sermons. I was like, okay, yeah, there's some good stuff here. And then I eventually, you know, Cam reached out and said, Hey, we're hiring at Mars Hill. Would you want to come out? And I was like to interview. And I talked to some people and eventually we decided we would. And I remember one, 
the interview didn't really go that great because at that point I wasn't like very well versed in reformed theology. <laughs> and I thought that I was in a good spot, but apparently I wasn't. Right. And so I sat at this table at a Thai restaurant with a bunch of other worship people. And I started getting hammered with all these questions. Um, and it just got to the point where it was like, this, it just, I remember feeling almost like, I, I remember feeling really embarrassed because I didn't really know how to answer their questions. And I hated that. And, uh, and so I think when Marcel ended, probably some of the things that made me feel kind of salty was that there was an arrogance in that. And I don't think it's just in Marcel. I think it's genuinely in the neo-reform movement. There is a lot of arrogance there around what we know. And there wasn't a lot of freedom. I was fortunate to work with a lot of college kids. So I had a lot of college kids bringing questions and stuff like that. And, um, I watched other people that had degrees or were a lot smarter than me debate a lot of these college kids. And I thought, well, that's how you're supposed to do it. Like get into a fight with them. And, uh, man, I, I even, I've even had to apologize to some people in the past couple of years about that. So it just was like, man, I think it was kind of coming out of Mars Hill was all that time was like reconnecting in some ways with like who I really am. Amen. And I learned a lot through my, I mean, like I learned so many things through that experience. Like I, I, I can't discredit it because I read a lot of books and was introduced to a lot of really wonderful things. It's just that, um, the biggest thing I realized was like, I want, I want to be able to like, I want to be able to talk about my faith in a way that someone, can, someone can actually understand. Yeah. It's winsome. Yep. And so that's really where I, I've been trying to, to get at. And so in my social media posts and whatever, it's like, you're not going to please everybody, but I, I, I do want to. <laughs> just getting shot at. <laughs> and I, I mean, it's, I'm not even trying to push buttons. It's just more that that's just where I'm at. And I don't think that it's like, I'm not a, first off, I, I just hate the way that people get stereotyped. Are you going to um, say you're not woke and people are calling you woke now? Well, not that. I was going to say, people are, you know, assume I'm a deconstructionist. I just think the whole deconstructionist thing is like very misunderstood for people that haven't gone through it. And I think it's missed. I would actually say it's uh, taken to a, a place it's not meant to for people that are in it. Bro, okay. Can we, like, we're, we're literally the same person. I have literally talked about this. I, I don't I don't want to call it deconstructing because I've gone through the same thing. I call it def- diluting. Mm-hmm. And so like you're diluting away like you would in a solution of things. You're just trying to get rid of all the stuff that doesn't need to be there to get with what matters. You're not because deconstructing is too much of a breaking down in a, in a negative way. It's all about like I need to take off the shackles that I was of this at this church that I grew up in. And I'm like, well, OK, remember that church could have said some really good, amazing things about the truth of the Lord that you still need to know and believe. Yes, those people are terrible people at, in some ways. They might have they might have abused you, may have said a bunch of stuff, they might have done terrible things, but the truth still remains. So do not, when you're breaking off the shackles and deconstructing, now say and conflate, well, I also need to take away that truth, right? And that's what you're, that's what you're saying. It's not 
we need to both sides need to be more balanced in this and that's why that's why i use like diluting you're just kind of diffusing away the bat the getting rid of the yeah. stuff and the solution that doesn't need to be there anyway keep going sorry well no i, I mean I, I think that's a good point and my view on deconstructing is that for most people the path that it tends to lead them down is to is to is to deconstruct is to think that they're deconstructing god and scripture and i think that and i i can say this as a person who's gone through it um and who didn't wind up in a place where I didn't believe right. anymore or I Same. didn't believe in scripture. Like <clears throat> I think that it's really the deconstruction of self. And the irony of it is, is that most people I know praise <laughs> most people I know <laughs> that have really gone through it in a really heavy way. They wind up tearing themselves themselves down to the studs so much that they don't even really know who they are anymore. And you kind of get around them. Sometimes you're like, I don't, I kind of don't really believe you because I can't, I can't accept that you just were all, all this one way. And then now all of a sudden all this other way, Yes, it seems like there's a middle somewhere in here. And so I've just kind of am a believer that deconstruction is really, is a good thing. And it's a means for getting to a place of self-awareness right. and understanding that, Oh, what I'm actually deconstructing is either this thing I believed that someone told me about God that actually isn't helpful or this thing that I believed about God because of my relationship with a parent or with another person or my view of scripture because of what someone said. This is what it said. This is absolutely what it says. Right. And it turns out there's other perspectives. And my, I don't know. I just think the Bible is complicated. God is complicated. Right. Like it, it just is. There's just no way of getting around yeah. it. Like, it can't, it doesn't, the Bible doesn't answer every question. Um, and God doesn't answer every nope. question for us either. Yeah. So, I, yeah. Yeah. I, w I would say, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, you're great. Please. I, I would say uh, the problem is many people don't have the right tools in understanding about how to do that effectively in a way that still glorifies the Lord and tethers them still to the, to his word as infallible, right? Like to, mm -hmm. to knowing that God's not going to fail and his word won't either. Right. Because it's like, it's like if you've ever done a demo in your house, you don't just simply start tearing down everything, leaving everything already in its place. You have to move the good things out of the way and yeah. put them in a spot where they're safe. So then you do your demo work and then you put those things back or you replace them with the good stuff, right? So if you're doing a kitchen, you don't just tear everything down with your, your fridge and everything still in the same spot. You move it. And then you move it back. The problem is so often not, people are taking this wide like swing at everything in their, their faith. And like you're saying, they're deconstructing their whole self, everything that's a part of them, everything that's part of them with their past and everything that they went through. And in doing that, the things that should have been kept safe are no longer kept safe. And then now what do you do? How do you piece that back together? And I, I mean, I have many friends from college. I grew up, I went to college with a bunch of guys who now are no longer Christians who were like my small group leaders. And I'm going, wait, so how did you... How did you get there? You didn't have any church hurt. And then now I look at where I'm at when, like, we talked before the podcast, like, yeah. literally traumatic experience in church mm -hmm. from church hurt. And I'm not there. Yep. But I did deconstruct in, you know, in what we're talking about in the good way, yep. in the good sense. Yep. And so it's like, how does that, how does it happen to where people go from, from that, like you're saying? And it's because people don't, aren't, they're not safe and they don't have the good tools and they don't have people to walk them through. Like I had a, a, an amazing counselor this year 
And honestly, you need to have an amazing counselor or an amazing pastor or amazing friend who just cares to help you. And it's a journey, though. That's the difference, though. Deconstructing, as you're as you're talking about, is not a like, oh, I'm going to do this over a weekend with the Lord in, in the, the great outdoors. Like this is, yeah. this is I'm going to do it over a latte in a coffee shop for a couple of days. It's not. No, this it's is not like that. It's a, it's a very hard and, and strenuous journey with someone else in the word of the Lord, mm-hmm. because left on your own, even with the Lord, of, with the word of the Lord, which doesn't give you all the answers, have you yep. said, as you said, yep. you could, you could still take, you could cut a little too far and hit a wire or hit a water, like a water line or something like that. And you know, you need someone to help guide you a right. good person though. And I think it's just like, it's just a process of grief. That's really what it is. It's, Amen. It's in it, and like we as in Western culture, we don't really grieve. We no. we distract and we run from we run from really processing through the things that have hurt us. And Amen. and if we if it just so happens that we feel pretty, and I'm I'm speaking as someone who's done this, not as someone who's just a critic of it. Um, if we feel like I, I, if I'm honest, I still have relationships in my life that it's hard for me, no matter how hard I try, it's hard for me to still let things go. And, um, and I think that that really is like a human thing. And we're all meant to, I just, I think on the flip side too, it's like for the people that, I just, I, I also think for the people that are really, man, they just are pretty apathetic and judgmental toward people that are, would consider themselves a deconstructionist. It really frustrates me because what I think it is, is I think it's all a front. I think it's a front. I think it's they're afraid and they have the same exact questions. And they have the same kind of doubts and they feel like they need to be the one like they're going into a defense mode because they don't feel like because they either aren't a part of an environment that allows this or they don't feel like they can be vulnerable. Yeah. Aggression is typically bred out of insecurity. Right. And I think that vulnerability is in essence what it means to follow Jesus. You know, it's and I mean, even what Paul gets out at, you know, or Jesus, too. I mean, Jesus talks about this this a lot you know of, you know <laughs> uh you know the rich young ruler okay you want to follow me yeah. sell everything you know and, and and follow me you know or you know you must pick up your cross and deny yourself and i just think yeah. to me that's what deconstruction is it's the release of ourselves in order to find our true selves it's the release of a shadow self in order to find a true self Ooh, that sounds like a song mm, is that after, next is that next up you're gonna we're gonna you want to write? Yeah. Let's, you want to write that together? Let let's me write my the, guitar. Let's, re, let's write the song "Release of Your Shadow Self" or "Shadow <laughs> Self." We call it. Yeah. There we uh, go. No, you're you're so right though, and I mean like so. This week, as we're recording this, the week that I uh, that I record this, the the episode going up is on how deep the Father's love, and I talk about how we don't talk. We're so like you call it neo reformed, right? We're the just you've just the average American reformed Christian. We don't want to talk about the love of God shown through Christ on the cross because it makes us uncomfortable. Yeah, and there's a lot there. I mean, as a, I'm, I have my master's in counseling, as a as a former counselor, there's a lot of is there some past issues and insecurities that are really leading to this, right? But there's the thought of like, 
like in the end it was really it was love and it was clear because you also see through the thief on the cross there wasn't anything other than knowing christ yeah it was that was it and he was saved it's and, and so you know to put more on it to say well no it's not that we also need to know this and 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 and then kind of build upon this the really in essence what it is to know christ um is it's it's making it harder to be saved it's making it as hard as an, a camel to go through an eye of a needle like the rich young ruler and it's like how well then how can anyone be saved if you're going to keep making making it about knowing this or or have like you said sitting at that table with all those worship leaders like okay but what is the qualification for my job right you know and is it i know jesus and i want the church to know him well and i and i lead in music right and like like i can study more in theology and stuff like that that's fine but the, what's what's the main thing uh and and we we've put that on each other in ways that is unhelpful yep in the church that's a good point man and i i think you're right i think that we overemphasize things that we overemphasize what is honestly really probably not that important, but also kind of complicated. And we underemphasize the things that are in, in and of themselves complicated, like Jesus or God in general, the Trinity. Right. Um, but we kind of glaze over it because we're like, well, we can, I get that. You know, it's easier to turn Paul's words into a law. You know, Ooh, that's good. it's a lot harder to take Jesus's words that are, I have fulfilled the law. And in me, there is perpetual Sabbath and rest. And, and sadly, there will not be perpetual internet in the Lord, because that's what happened here. Zach and I ran into some technical difficulties, and when I was uh, finishing out getting the audio, it was not uh, finished uploading. So at this time, I don't have that audio. If it works out somehow that I can retrieve it through Zach's end, we'll try and do that. Uh, but with that, this is what the episode is at 25 minutes. I'm sorry. Once again, there was a, at least another 45 minutes of the conversation. It was fantastic. Uh, and so Zach and I have talked. We're going to try to make it work to do another podcast. Hopefully soon as schedule allows for him. But thank you guys for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And I hope you are listening to Zach and all his music through Citizens. Uh, also, the song you're hearing right now, once again, is Todd McVicker's song, Even Here Love Comes. The acoustic version, you can listen to that on Spotify and all streaming services. But thank you guys for following us. Uh, thank you for supporting us through Buy Me a Coffee uh, and through sharing and subscribing. Uh, and I hope that this episode was a blessing to you. If you want to follow us on Instagram, Theology of Music. YouTube is Theology of Music. Send me an email at gmail at so theologyandmusic at gmail.com. But thank you guys so much. I hope you have a wonderful Lord's Day as you worship together corporately. And uh, have a wonderful weekend. With that, see you guys in the next one. Bye.